Hi, I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. And we're from Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the entire Back to the Future trilogy one minute at a time. Like the minute when Principal Strickland becomes a vigilante hero of the wasteland after Biff takes over Hill Valley in the alternate 1985 timeline. I I don't... Wait, I don't I don't remember. Or that. the minute where we learn that Dr. Emmett Brown is secretly the saxophone king of Hill Valley. Hold on. When when did that or when did that happen? When we slowly start to realize that George McFly may have murdered both of his parents. Okay. Now I don't I don't remember that being in the movies. Well, Scott, that's because none of those things are actually in the movies, but it's all stuff that we talk about on Back to the Future Minute. Back to the Future Minute, available at DuelingGenre.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Dueling Genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring one sad glance at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And today we'll be talking about Minute 172, which starts with the continuation of uh, Aragorn and Galadriel's conversation in Elvish. In Elvish, Aragorn says, and be with her people, I would have her take the ship to Valinor, uh, talking about Arwen, and ends with Galadriel saying farewell, Frodo Baggins, as Frodo looks wistfully and sadly into the wilderness from his boat. Yes. I guess I had underestimated how long these were, these scenes were, before we get to Gimli and Legolas. Yeah. That's definitely this week, though. It's, yeah. It's gotta be. It's either tomorrow or the very beginning of Thursday. Okay. Because, I mean... We're about to get into Frodo's gift-giving scene. Yeah. So, Frodo... I mean, I have a, I have it all planned out in a spreadsheet before me, and I could look at that, but I'm lazy, so... <laughs> um, so, this conversation is fairly interesting, I think. This one between Galadriel and Aragorn. Yeah, because... Um, this is us getting Galadriel's perspective on this situation with Aragorn being a king of man. Yeah. And she doesn't say anything directly that's just like Elrond being men are weak. <laughs> but she does say, or fall into darkness with the rest of your kin. Yeah. Which, which implies she does not have a high opinion of humanity. Well, I mean, he's the last, he's the last of his bloodline. So yeah. that that in like you know you either become a king or you die yeah it's the like (laughs) it's the game in the game of thrones you win or you die like he he's the last surviving member of his his um his birthright yeah so that to me i don't think it signifies that she has distaste for humanity i think she's just very practical or very blunt with him here um you have no choice but to rise to the occasion yeah 
like literally claim what is rightfully yours and rise to that or you die mm-hmm. i also think that darkness means obscurity um even if he was to survive and he decided he didn't want to take the throne i feel like that darkness that she talks about is also like okay well then you live out the rest of your days as some schmuck on the street you know yeah you're not who are you yeah because if he i mean if he had decided to stay a ranger the whole time i mean that defeats the point of the hero's journey but let's just say that hypothetically aragorn's like i don't want to give this up i'm just gonna be angsty mcmahon pain about it and then i'm just gonna live out the rest of my days and be a grumpy old man in a cottage right i'll just pass this off to my son if i have one yeah well he's not gonna because he's in love with arwen and he won't wed arwen unless he's a king so well elrond won't let her wed him unless he's a king but if elrond goes to the west there's no one stopping her anymore that's true she'll just Uh, wait it out also galadriel (laughs) says that that choice is arwen's yeah she's not she's not gonna push on arwen one way or the other she's just like that choice is still before her yeah, the one to leave or stay. Yeah, so that's Thadril's just like that's up to Arwen. Yeah, Elrond can stuff it. Well, she's cool, Grandma. Kind of cool. She's still rude. Whatever. She's a rude Grandma. She's cool, Grandma. That that makes your Grandma cool. <laughs> just you know, she doesn't care. She's still just immediately in your brain when you walk through the door on Christmas. <laughs> I didn't get you a puppy, Grandma. Stop. <laughs> oh, man. She sees you when you're sleeping. <laughs> she knows if people are snooping. Oh, God. Go back to bed. But yeah, no, I think that I think that darkness can either mean um, the darkness of obscurity or the darkness of literal death. Hmm. I think that the lighting when she's talking is a very interesting yeah. juxtaposition because when she's talking about rising up and, and claiming what's yours and being better, mm-hmm. the background is darkening and she's getting brighter. Yes. And then when she says and fall then it into goes, darkness. It goes the other way when she says fall into darkness. Yeah. The background gets brighter again and they get a little more shadowed. Subdued, yeah. It's very interesting. I would say that it's not very subtle, but I have never noticed it before. Neither have I. So I think in the context of the movie, it's probably, I mean, in comparison to Dark Galadriel, it's Mm. very subtle. I didn't see this movie in theaters, and this isn't in theatrical actually, but I also haven't seen the extended cuts on a big screen, which happens sometimes around here. They, they put them out every so often. And I wonder how obvious this moment is on a big screen with just Galadriel in the middle and everything on both sides of her getting darker. Mm. Well, I was watching the... Um, I think the only reason I noticed it is because I was watching what the extras were doing in the background, like trying to figure out what those elves were doing. Like they're just like loading just, boats? They're just like walking back and forth, picking stuff up, like, doing stuff. They're very active Mm. 
for uh, what's the term? Uh, background talent. Background talent. Yeah, they don't like to be called extras. The um, but, uh, but and they're not like a digital one, like the one above Elrond's shoulder. Right, That's because just, I mean they're it. like right there. It makes no sense to have digital uh, extras in a scene where the background is not digital. Yeah. Um, so I guess the only reason I noticed it is because I was trying to figure out what the elves in the background were doing and then the background got darker and I was like, what? Oh, interesting. So I think it's subtle for um, some of Peter Jackson's previous choices. <laughs> And I actually kind of like it because I think it's interesting that in a way that this conversation is Galadriel's gift to Aragorn. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's a gift in the sense of I am giving this to you out of the goodness of my heart. I think it's a gift in the sense that she is trying to steer him in the right direction. That's what she does. Yeah. I know better. Go this way. Well, not that... And it's not that she knows better. She doesn't frame it that way. She frames it in a way where it is up to him. Hmm. Um, but she does a really good job of, like, succinctly phrasing it so that there is, like, a very obvious choice, but at the same time, it's still his choice. Yeah. It's very manipulative. Right. Um, in a... In a very, I guess, positive way, uh, but it's still manipulative. Um, well, she's basically looking right in the face of me, like, okay, you can either be king and be good at it, or die. Yeah. And choice is yours <laughs> make it a great day or not <laughs> in in middle school we had these these school announcements and at the the beginning of the like the school day so like the bell would ring everyone would be in their seat and then you'd have like the intercom go off and then we'd yeah. read like the school news or whatever yeah. and the person reading the news always ended it with the phrase make it a great day or not the choice is yours but that's not really a choice you don't want to have a bad day yeah um so that's kind of like the same thing that galadriel's doing like yeah you have this choice but one side clearly sucks and the other side is clearly the correct one but ultimately you are still the one that needs to do that <laughs> she just puts her hand on aragorn's shoulder and goes remember attitude is everything <laughs> Oh, uh, but I think that this is an interesting, because she says, you know, I don't have a gift to give you, um, and that gift being something that he would cherish, I think. Yeah. Because um, all the gifts are things to be used or cherished or, you know, something. It's a gift. But I think her, she, like, bestows upon him the gift of, her wisdom. Yeah. Uh, which I like a lot. Yeah, I uh, I think that that is interesting that she gives a metaphorical gift to Aragorn. Mm -hmm. And not a not an actual gift. Well, there's nothing she can give him. 
greater than what he's already been given. Right. There's nothing of... She has no elf stone in this movie. There's nothing of any value, um, like, monetarily or emotionally that she has that can surpass Arwen's immortality, like, her life. Right. So, she's like, hey, I'll just give you some advice, I guess. Yeah, here, have some advice. Meanwhile, you know... Tomorrow, she's going to give Frodo something that is completely priceless and irreplaceable. Mm -hmm. Well, even the, um, even Merry and Pippin's daggers, I think, are priceless and irreplaceable. Yeah. Because they're old. Like, real old. They're old. Old as balls. (laughs) Old as the mountains. (laughs) And if... If we're going along with our headcanon that they were her personal daggers, like that yeah. just makes them like what's the what's the antiques road show phrase? Oh the the provenance or whatever. The provenance. Yeah. <laughs> they have good provenance. So like you know, oh well I can track these daggers to Galadriel. It's like, oh well, these are priceless and <laughs> Yeah. We watch too much antiques road show. <laughs> <laughs> they have they have great provenance. <laughs> And even, like, Sam's rope is priceless. You're not going to find any other rope like that in Middle-earth. Right. I mean, in the book, they're all given rope. And Legolas's bow. Yeah. I mean, you can only find one of those if you go to Lothlorien. And, I mean, in in Elvish, Galadriel tells Aragorn that, you know, they won't ever meet again. And... To me, that implies that these elves are ready to pass into the West, too. Yeah. Like, they're the last stronghold on Middle-earth, but at the same time, their time is passing. So she's... They're probably, like, getting ready to go soon. Mm. They're going to pack up their Lumbus and take a walk. Yeah. Well, they don't have to walk. They can just take their boats, right? Well, no, they have to go to the Grey Havens. Oh, the other side. They have to go upstream. Yeah. They have to go all the way up in north and west to the Grey Havens and take the boats to Valinor. Because you can't just sail to Valinor because there's like an enchanted strip of rocks and rapids between Middle-earth and Valinor Hmm. that you can't cross. So you have to go to the Grey Havens and get on the, the special boat. The magic boat? That they'll let pass through. Does it have like a barcode or like magnets or something? It's an RFID. <laughs> it's like one of those things at the at the Walmart. It's got a magnetic strip on the boat. Yeah, the security thing. If you pass through, it just goes beep 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 beep. <laughs> yeah. Well, if any other, we'll see if someone chases you down or not. If any other boat has it, it goes beep beep beep. Yeah. But this one you actually paid for. Yeah. So it doesn't beep. At least through. that's the idea. Sometimes there are mistakes. How much would that suck? Oh my god. Then they would be lost forever. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen. Eh. That doesn't happen. There's never been a boat lost in, to Valinor that wasn't supposed to, you know. Get lost get on the lost. way to Valinor. Yeah. That's absurd. Eh. Someone's just a really bad captain. That sucks. But they're elves. They're, like, perfect and everything. Mm. They'll just never admit their faults. They can walk on snow and read your mind and stuff. (laughs) This is that one guy that can't navigate. (laughs) 
He's like an imposter? Yeah. Oh. He says the worst sense of direction, but he won't admit it to anyone. They're just like, we're going the wrong way. No, we're not. All right, Christopher Columbus, slow down. Like. <laughs> we are on course. Are you <laughs> sure, sir? Yes. Yes, I am. Just over a waterfall. Okay, so I have a question. If the Earth is flat, yeah, which it is in this context, maybe not the movie, but in the book, um, what happens if you not leave from the Grey Havens, but if you sail off from any other point? And just sail off? Yeah. I don't know. You, you probably fall, fall off into, into the void. You'll, you'll end up hanging out with Melkor. <laughs> you just... One day you're on a boat, and the next day you're in, like... Eru's lap, like and just, just like oh, oh hey, little buddy, <laughs> you're lost. <laughs> just picks you up, pushes you back onto Middle Earth, and then because Melkor, Melkor doesn't is he in space? He was banished to the void. Okay, but is that like the Phantom Zone, or is that like space? Uh, is it like a pocket dimension in space? I just assume it's space. Oh, hmm. but. Like like floating out there, Superman two style, <laughs> a little piece of glass. Yeah, the Phantom Zone. The Phantom Zone is an extra dimensional pocket in space. Kneel before Morgoth. Kneel before. I mean, that was what the first stage was about, right? Yeah, basically. So, I don't know. I think we're done here. <laughs> I think we're done here too. So we are from the website DuelingGenre.com. Also on DuelingGenre.com, you can find The Doctor's Companion, our weekly Doctor Who podcast, in which me and my two co-hosts, Scott and Nick, talk about Doctor Who, which is back, and it's awesome. Um, And also Geek by Night, our audio drama about some nerds who run a comic book shop, and they also happen to have superpowers. It's a fun time. So check those out. Uh, Special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, Leaper182 and Ed Foster. I hope everyone has a great Tuesday, and we'll be back tomorrow to talk about more games. Yeah. Bye. Bye.